0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. I'm here with my co-host, Braun, and we're here to discuss the Packers' dominant win over the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday night football. Uh, Braun, how you feeling?
1: Feeling good. Things are good. How about you, Griffin?
0: I'm also doing well. It was a great game on Thursday night. Again, we should have won in a game we did indeed win. Nice bounce back game from the uh, loss to the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. And, uh, you know, obviously the 49ers were not at full strength in the slightest. Uh, You know, but neither were we. Uh, But we have Aaron Rodgers. We have Devontae Adams back. Uh, So, And Aaron Jones is back as well. Uh, And we'll talk about the impact all those guys had. But, you know, when you have your three core guys on offense – uh, as a Packers fan, you expect to win, and we came out and did that against a team that we should have beat, like you said.
0: Yeah, I have two big takeaways. One, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL, and it's not close. That man is a machine, and it's he's unstoppable. And two, Aaron Jones make a, makes a big difference to this offense, and not just by running the ball. I mean, he's a phenomenal runner. I think he's a better runner than Jamal Williams or anyone else we have, but uh, it's not just that he's a good running back. I think... You're, you said it best when we have our three main pieces on offense it really turned it's it's a three-headed monster that you can't really stop because Aaron Jones will eat up a light box and then if you stack the box Devontae Adams is one-on-one and we've been saying this for two years now and it's it, it's finally on display and Aaron Jones being out makes a big difference to this offense
1: it definitely does and I think uh you know just to touch on this I think this plays well for his, uh, his chances at an extension this off season. Uh, because like you said, I really think the last few games have showed. Uh, and and then when he came back against the 49ers, I think all that showed how important he is to the offense, to Aaron Rodgers um, and just to Devante Adams too, because defenses when Devonte is there without Aaron Jones, uh, offenses can just kind of key in on Devante. Uh, but when Aaron Jones is there, that's a monster that they have to prepare for along with Devontae Adams, and they can't choose who to stop, and it becomes uncontrollable. Um, so I think, you know, he just brings something different to our offense. Uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers talked about that as well. He just appreciates his skill level. He says he's a special player, uh, just like Devontae Adams. And And I can't say it enough. Having all three of those guys on the field for us makes us one of the toughest teams to beat in the NFL.
0: And that was the case last year, too, when Aaron Jones was having a phenomenal season, uh, made his case for being one of the best running backs in the league. And he's been hurt this year, but he's picking up right where he left off. He's he's a monster on the ground and through the air. He's a great weapon in the pass game.
1: He totally is. And in the run game on on Sunday against the 49ers, he was extra slippery, extra elusive breaking tackles left and right, right out of the gate, and I was very, very pleased with how he looked, especially coming off a, a you know, a touchy injury with that calf strain. Um, to see him back out there was great. Uh, it, it took our offense to another level, and, and I was super excited to see how well he played for us. Uh, and we were able to kind of take him out later towards the end of the game. Uh, didn't do too much for us, but just enough to help us get a very dominant and decisive victory. And I can't wait to see what he does against one of these You know, another really bad defense, Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're not good against the pass. They're not good against the run. Uh, And I'm looking forward to see what our offense as a whole can do with our three guys in there, uh, Adams, Jones, and Rodgers. And, you know, just the way that that defense plays, I think we can really take advantage.
0: Yeah, and now that you mention it, 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 wasn't it weird how – he, Aaron Jones was still getting all the garbage time touches because we didn't have anyone else. All of our other running backs were out of the game. We had to give him the garbage time touches, let him eat all the negative one yards rushes in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, and the one thing about that was, uh, you know, it'd be different if he maybe struggled out of the gate or, you know, after, you know, coming off uh, a few games of missing, the, missing them for injury, uh, if he was showing a little rust, maybe you want to get him some extra touches, but he looked fantastic. Uh, so yeah, I definitely wasn't, uh, wasn't particularly thrilled with having Jones in late. I didn't mind it though. And I'm not sure why he was in there. Uh, like you said, obviously Jamal was out. AJ Dillon was out. Um, you know, Jamal is actually back now off the COVID list. Uh, so that's good for, for depth obviously, and to have both those guys. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, I think it's pretty good to, to get him enough run that he's not rusty. Uh, but he never really showed any rust, so it was good all around.
0: Yeah, and uh, just to go to Devontae Adams here, who had another phenomenal game, another 170-yarder. Uh, He had that touchdown, one of the best touchdowns of his career. Great throw from Aaron, one of the best throws of Aaron's uh, 2020 season. On the first, the first drive of the game, that was phenomenal. And as soon as that happened, I knew what kind of night it was going to be for Devontae where uh, the 49ers, they they play a cover three shell, and when you're playing a cover three shell against the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams is going to eat you alive. You cannot leave him in single coverage. Mike Zimmer is also a cover three esque defense, defense in Minnesota, but he switched it up last week, going to the cover two, two high safety, so just so he could double Devontae, and like we said all of last week, there's no, one, there's no one we can rebound with when you take away Devontae, but the 49ers did not deploy that game plan, and just as predicted, Devonte Adams animal life made him pay for it.
1: He really did. He was fantastic, obviously, once again, uh you know, with the 49ers missing Richard Sherman, missing Akello Witherspoon, uh they were a bit depleted in that secondary and obviously uh when that's the case, Rodgers and Adams always take advantage uh, and it came true once again. Uh, as they really dominated right out of the gate. Adams didn't get a touch until that touchdown, 36-yard. Gorgeous play. Adams somehow got in. Uh, He got one foot and an elbow in, and that's a touchdown. Uh, So just a fantastic spinning catch to start the day, and it it didn't get much worse from there. uh, As he continued to get open downfield, and Rodgers would hit him in stride uh, down the sideline, in the middle of the field, and everywhere in between. Uh, And... That was without Alan Lazard out there, uh, and we expect him back on, on, uh, on this Sunday against the Jaguars. Uh, but one guy that struggled early and then somehow just became a superstar late in the game was MVS. <laughs> uh, he dropped a ball on third down. Rodgers looked him down. Uh, he knew it was one that had to be caught, and MVS dropped it. But then, you know, as, as drives went on, Uh, MVS had multiple huge plays, including a, a huge bomb. I think it was over 50 yards to MVS for a touchdown. He made a simple route, uh, and just got very, very open. Rogers perfectly placed the ball. He said he didn't even see MVS. He just, he just knew the route, uh, and and just thought he'd get open. And he did. Uh, and it was wide open. MVS caught it running backwards. It was, there was so much room for, uh, for him to catch it, and and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the night for him as he continued to have success. And uh, after that drop early on, it was a rebound game for him. And and hopefully with Lazard coming back, he'll have more opportunities to get open. Uh, when he's maybe not being focused on as much by other defenses.
0: Yeah, that's this. What that that is what MVS is on the Green Bay Packers. He is the definition of a role player in football. He's those vertical routes when he's allowed to run free, when he's not pressed, when he's just allowed to be faster than anyone on the defense, that's when he gets that wide open. And we've seen it a lot. I'm, I'm interested in how many, you know, 40 plus yard touchdowns he's had in his three years in Green Bay. He's had a lot, you know, that one in Denver or that one against Denver last year comes to mind. He had one against Minnesota this year. He, he's open on a lot of these deep routes. It's just, it's it's easy to take that part of his game away from a defensive standpoint, and uh, but when we're able to use MVS, if we had more receivers, you know, when we get Lazard back, maybe if we traded it for Will Fuller, we could have a different receiver doing these things that we rely on MVS to do between you know five and twenty yards. But uh, if, if when we're using MVS, how he's meant to be used as the fast deep threat. It's dangerous. It he's a good player. The hands that third down drop early on in the game that you were just talking about, I was really ready to kill him. I was. I don't think I've been angrier at any point this season than I was during that. But uh, you know, he's still he's still a good player when we're using him as the deep threat.
1: Well, I think he's a good player when he catches the football. And and the weird thing about him is is that he drops more balls from mid range than he does you know in the deep passing game, which is weird. He he seems to make the splash plays, but when we need him on a third and six, uh, to catch a ball on the run and, and, you know, get a first down, he doesn't seem to be able to do that as much. I feel like he drops a lot of those balls, uh, in key situations. Uh, but when he breaks free open down the sideline or, or something of that nature, uh, it seems like Rodgers always throws him open and, and he makes a nice catch can get downfield, you know, whatever the case is. Like, I, I feel like that's the issue with him mainly.
0: Yeah, and that's it's all mental. The drops they they're just mental. It's him knowing that he has a drop issue and him overthinking it. We see it across the entire league. Drops are mostly mental. When you have players who have drops, it's it's in their brain. And he, you know, you might start running before you uh, fully secure the ball. But uh, the drops, I don't, I don't know what you can do to fix the drops. But he's he's really really annoying with the drops. <laughs>
1: The the way he is, it's like he either stacks success or he stacks failure. In that he drops a lot of passes in a row, or he just can't find a rhythm. And that's what happened yeah. at the end of last season. He just couldn't get on the field because every time he was targeted, he couldn't catch the ball, or he wasn't running routes correctly. Everything just turned sour for him, uh, you know. And it's because those things started to happen consecutively, and it just you can't overcome it. Uh, but like Matt Lafleur says, and Mike McCarthy used to say it as well. Teams that are successful and going to be successful and have a chance to win uh, win in the playoffs are teams that get hot and stack success um, and do it at the right time. And hopefully this is it for MVS. This is, this is the right time. And and if he's able to capitalize on the game that he had on Sunday uh, where he had two great looking touchdowns, a sliding catch in the end zone, uh, one of them being, and then the other one, we talked about that deep ball from Rogers. Uh, If he can stack success, and capitalize on that performance, I, I think we're in for a for a better wide receiver core uh, than we've had at previous points this year, especially with Alan Lazard coming back uh, for this game against the Jaguars.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to get my hopes up too much. I've seen this film before with MVS. But, uh, you know, I'm taking it with a grain of salt, cautiously optimistic. But, yes, he did have a very strong game bouncing back from that brutal third down drop.
1: He's got well, like like I said though, this is a defense that allows a lot of big plays in Jacksonville. Uh, their their cornerbacks are very depleted, and not good in the first place. Their secondary is not good. Uh, it's just a, not a good defense. So I think this is another chance for MVS to add to that level of success. And who knows, you know, after after a while, the more bad defenses he plays and the more he capitalizes on that, uh, it's going to start to become a regular thing for him. Hopefully, uh, and obviously, that's what we hope for heading into Sunday.
0: Hopefully, but speaking of bad defenses, like the one we will see in Jacksonville, uh, perfect opportunity for Devontae Adams to continue his monstrous statistical season he's been having so far. Only played in five and a half games, and he's already fifth in the league in receiving yards. He leads the league in touchdowns. Just just a monster, monster year from Devontae Adams. It ranks up there with the best Randy Moss seasons we've seen. Like, it is insane the type of year he's having, and I have no doubt that it's going to continue against Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, this is another chance for Devontae Adams to do the same thing he's been doing to a lot of teams, uh, which is taking advantage of the fact that they don't have anybody that can cover him. uh, And it starts with the fact that their corners are not good and Devontae Adams is really good. uh, And that's really all it comes down to. Regardless of what they're going to play, Jacksonville, they just don't have the personnel to stop Devante. uh, And, you know, like I said, with Alan Lazard coming back, it gives him a great chance to maybe see less... Uh, less double coverage possibly. Uh, get the wide receiver core at some, at full strength, and and we'll see something special. I think on Sunday.
0: Yeah, well, you have an inside source on this. Is Alan Lazard going to be making his return this week?
1: I got a ninety five percent chance that he'll play. <laughs> uh, that's what I got. So it's looking like he'll be back. So you know that's he seems song. ready. He's he's been practicing for two weeks now. Uh, he looks good. He feels good, and uh, it looks like he'll be playing on Sunday.
0: Yeah, obviously, the first three weeks of the season before he went out, the pa- our passing game could not be stopped against New Orleans, Detroit, and uh, Minnesota. The only thing that could stop it was the drops, which were very prevalent early on in the season. But uh, yeah, Alan Lazard coming back should be should mean very good things for the offense, which is already playing at a pretty high level.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it'll open up things for the running game as well. Just the more we pass downfield, uh, you know, hopefully we score early and often. Uh, and then get a chance to really build the run game uh, with Aaron Jones coming back and Jamal Williams coming back. It'll put our offense at full strength, and possibly David Bakhtiari. We're not sure about that. Uh, but if we can get this offense at full strength, uh, I think we're in for a, a, a much better a much better team than we've even been seeing in the past couple weeks, uh, and I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, this offense, it's like a lot of people talk about how they don't have the skill players, which – I will not argue, but they have very, very good players at individual positions. David Bakhtiari could be coming back. Aaron Jones is back. He's great. Devontae Adams is obviously great. Aaron Rodgers is obviously great. Could be the MVP. And then Alan Lazard coming back, who's solid, growing as a player. MVS, who uh, could settle back into that role player position that he that he's best at. Uh, this offense, it, it looks like it could be dangerous. I might just be getting my hopes, off, hopes up after one game. But uh, it it really is exciting, this team on paper right now, with Jamal Williams behind Aaron Jones too.
1: I definitely, you know, you talk about getting your hopes up. Usually it's a little different. I feel like this year we've really shown what we can do offensively. Uh, If you just look at what happened uh, on Sunday night, the Saints just absolutely trampled the Bucs. That's a great defense uh, with the Buccaneers, and they look bad. Tom Brady looked awful. He, you know, he was in the MVP conversation for about a week, and that ended quickly when he threw three picks. Uh, and we beat the Saints pretty handily. We beat them by a good margin. Uh, and it's weird because the Buccaneers obviously went out and dominated us. And it's just it just shows you the parity in this league, especially in the NFC this year. Um, and it makes me feel like you know we went out and did that against a good Saints team. Without Michael Thomas, but we didn't have Devontae Adams. Uh, and we were able to do things at a high level against a good Saints team. That's a good team. And, you know, the Buccaneers game was a bit of an aberration. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't go out and throw two picks in a row often. In fact, it really never happens, ever. Uh, and we were, in well, we were in a good position to win that football game, uh, you know, with a 10 nothing lead with the ball before Aaron Rodgers threw those two picks. And I feel like that would not have gone down the way it did if that didn't happen. Obviously, that's like, well, yeah, obviously, if we didn't throw a pick six and then a, another pick at the goal line. But I think just, you know, a couple like just a two, little switch of two things. And we're talking about maybe taking a 17 to nothing lead uh, and then the Buccaneers having the ball. So I, I do think there is there's room for us to win that football game uh, on another Sunday. And I feel like there's no really team that can come out and beat us. I feel like we can beat every team basically. The Seahawks don't look great. They lost to a team that is a good team in the Buffalo Bills and the AFC. Uh, but their defense has just been so bad, it's pathetic. They're one of the I, I think they're the worst defense in modern football history uh, statistically. Uh, and with that, I feel like with our offense, we're able to capitalize on that. Uh, so I just don't see a team that can really beat us. And I'm confident in our team.
0: Yeah, well, it, it's tough to say that there's no team that could beat us. But it the theme of the league this year is that no one knows who the best team in the league is. Yeah, I mean, there's no clear-cut elite team compared to other teams. It's probably the Chiefs, but they have a loss. They didn't look great in Oakland. They've, they've looked shaky in some games. They played close with the Bills, you know. But... Every team has had an embarrassing game so far at this point. And yeah, I'd like to think that that Buccaneers game was just an aberration. You know, just just an outlier for this Packers offense. But as we move further away from that, it, it does look like that's the case. You know, the Buccaneers really struggled with the New York Giants last week on Monday Night Football. That defense that we've heard so much about the past month uh it's it got torn up by Daniel Jones I'm not going to say torn up but they made Daniel Jones look a lot better than he is and then obviously Drew Brees looked like you know 2011 Drew Brees again so i it, i i totally agree with you that those two interceptions that Rodgers threw in that game that never happens and clearly something was off in that game and I really hope that's the case. And if we do meet with Tampa Bay again in the playoffs, especially if it's on Lambeau, I think it'll be a lot different story.
1: For sure. And another thing I want to talk about is the fact that the Buccaneers secondary, they, there's not a lot of talent there. I've never been sold on the talent in that room, but yet they've been playing well this year up to the last few games. Uh, Carlton Davis, he's never been a great player. Uh, and he's looked good at times this year, but he, now as these last few games have shown, he's not that great. Uh, and other guys in that secondary, Jamel Dean, he's not fantastic either. Uh, you know, their safety duo is not fantastic. There's nothing that scares you in that secondary, uh, but they've been a part of what they were doing the past, uh, you know, early to start the season. They were playing really well, uh, but it's that pass rush that really is is the the main issue. They lost Vita Veya. That was a problem. They took care of it a little bit, but it's still not the same in their run defense. And then their pass rush, when an, when a good O-line gets up against them, they're not as effective. And it just changes the whole way their defense plays. Uh, so, you know, I, like you said, I think we'd have a good shot to beat them if we played them again, especially at Lambeau.
0: The thing, their pass rush against us was so dominant because they, they blitzed the hell out of us and they wouldn't stop blitzing. They blitzed at an absurd rate and we couldn't do anything to stop it. We had no answers for it. You know, against the Saints, they didn't do that. They just tried to rush four and Breeze picked them apart. Very weird game plan against Noodle Arm Drew Breeze, but that's how they played it. So I think if we meet them again, they'll, they're probably going to blitz the crap out of us. Hopefully, you know, we have something to counter that with. We did not in week six, but uh, yeah, their defense is definitely not as good as it looked week six, but I don't think it's as bad as it looked last week either.
1: All right, let's talk about the defense. We've got, you know, we we had to face a team that was completely depleted on offense. They were missing George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Trent Williams, other guys, you know, receivers, obviously, they were missing Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, you know, you name it, they were missing somebody at that position. And it was impactful, obviously. The night before the game, guys went on the COVID list and plans changed. Uh, Kyle Shanahan had said that Brandon Ayuk was was going to be the target on the majority of their plays on offense. Uh, and obviously things changed when he was ruled out. Um, so they were in flux for sure, but we, we beat them pretty handily. Uh, and... You know, regardless of the guys that they had out there, that it was still Kyle Shanahan. Uh, he had our number last year in a big way, uh, and our defense played well enough. Preston had a good game. Zadarius had a good game, uh, and I feel like overall we did enough to win. Jair went out with a concussion. That could be a problem going forward if he, especially if he can't play. Uh, but you know, Kevin King was obviously not available. And guys showed up. You know, Raven Green had a great game. Uh, Chris Barnes played good until he got injured. He should be okay, though. Uh, And, you know, other guys just stepped up and and were able to do what we had to do against an offense that was very depleted.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to... I'm going to take this performance with a grain of salt, you know, because this, this offense was very depleted. Hardly anyone that they that we met in the NFC championship game last year or that has played all season for them was playing in this game but from a player to player basis i do think that our defensive players played better than we've seen uh, especially Preston Smith who had a had a pressure that forced the interception uh granted it was against the backup it was against uh Trent Williams backup but you know he was getting worked all game by both the smiths and then uh Darnell Savage too i think had a really really strong game had a really nice uh, outlier performance, I guess you could say, compared to his other games that he's played this year. He had a dropped interception where he was playing cover one robber, meaning it was man coverage across the board, and he had the middle zone. Nick Mullins threw it right to him. He had a blind spot for him, I guess, and Darnell dropped it. Literally the same play as uh, Week One last year against the Bears. I don't know if you remember that, but Mitch threw it right to him and he dropped it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's
1: got he w- to play closer to the ball. Like we have to, we have to give him more chances to make plays like that. Uh, Rather than he should be not that he can't play deep. I think he's uh, like the reason we drafted him was because of his speed and range ability. Uh, But I think he's fantastic, you know, getting towards the ball. That's where he's best to be his ability. His speed and range is best used to jump routes, uh, Mm -hmm. jump guys over the middle of the field. I think he wouldn't be a bad idea to throw in there more often, even in that nickel linebacker role. Uh, That DB guy playing next to a guy like Christian Kirksey, who we could see back, or a guy like Kamal Martin or Chris Barnes, I think he brings a different element. To have Adrian Amos playing cover one and then have Darnell Savage up towards the ball more, that's not a bad idea because he's shown he can blitz and he's shown that When he's getting closer to the ball, his speed and range is unprecedented, and teams aren't going to be able to overcome that.
0: Yeah, it was on full display Thursday night. He was flying all over the field within 10 yards. He made a nice tackle for loss in the backfield too. I don't know if I'd put him there every down. I don't think he's built to play the run per se. But uh, yeah, definitely in coverage, I think he's better closer to the line. He seems to make better decisions when he's closer to the line at least because when he's playing deep, he, he does get lost a lot.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I think he, he just kind of uses his instincts. He has less time to think Uh, when he's out there deep, he's got to really, he's really like the manager of everything back there. And he's got to watch, you know, he's got to see what, what the quarterback looks like he's going to be doing and try to figure it out. But when he's probably closer to the middle of the field, he's going to rely more on instinct uh, than the thinking process. And and that's important when you're playing, uh, when you're playing the game of football for sure.
0: Yeah, all in all I think the defense did what they had to do. They gave up a few plays to uh Richie James that were like, what is this? This classic Mike Pettin defense guys not knowing where they're supposed to be." But uh, you know, all in all I think they had a good performance against a team that they were supposed to shut down.
1: Yeah, surprisingly enough, Richie James ended up with more yards than Devontae, although that <laughs> right. was a lot of a lot of garbage time uh, stuff that, you know, he was really their only healthy receiver apart from, uh, I think two other guys were, were healthy and and he was clearly the better. Kevin White didn't, I don't know if he really even played. He played Uh, a few snaps. The other guy was, yeah. The other guy was Craycraft was there. Trent Taylor was there. But other than that, uh, you know, Richie James was the guy that they were really targeting on passing downs. Uh, and he, he took advantage of the opportunities. Uh, we, we did a good job against the run, I felt like, too. You know, Jarek McKinnon was pretty much held in check. Jermichael Hasty didn't get much at all. Uh, so I think the market improvement was against the run uh, rather than the pass. And, you know, considering we didn't have Jair or Kevin out there, I'm pretty okay with the fact that, uh, you know, we let them kind of pass it a little bit, uh, but we were able to kind of stop the run for the first time in a, in a few weeks.
0: Yeah, that was the formula we talked about, where we get out to a lead, force the quarterback to have, the, have, have to have the ball in his hands, and it felt like a game from last year where it's Nick Mullins on the other side instead of uh, Drew Brees or Tom Brady, who we've played this season. You know, it's it was a bad quarterback. He made horrible decisions. The interception he threw was horrible. Preston Smith right in his face, and he throws it to Raven Green. Horrible decision, and we took advantage. And, you know, we're showing Mike Patton is always at his best against these Horrible quarterbacks like Nick Mullins, who uh, did not play well on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, he didn't. And it was night nice. I mean, we have to shut these guys down that aren't up to our level of guys like, you know, like Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith uh, were brought in to be superstars uh, and they need to play like that, like the way they did uh, when when we're facing guys that shouldn't even be in their conversation. Uh, obviously Zedarius had the huge strip sack. Preston had the big, big hit on Mullins to cause an interception. So, you know, impact plays are important for superstars, and both of those guys had them. Both of them had a good game, and we need to see more of that. And we can't be seeing it only when their tackles are hurt and they've got backups in. We need to see it against elite tackles because they're supposed to be elite superstar edge rushers, and we need to see that each and every week.
0: Yeah, we do. And I think the the Mike Patton special from this week was uh, Nick Mullins' touchdown to Richie James. And I think the second quarter, where it was a two-man rush. Braun, a two-man rush at the snap. There was Rashawn Gary came late when it did not matter because they were inside the 10-yard line. A two-man rush against, uh, against the 49ers.
1: Might as well not rush anybody.
0: Might as well not rush anybody. You're right. You're right. And, and when that happened... I, I said MVS's drop was the angriest I've been. Nah, I lied. That was the angriest I've been. That two man rush.
1: Well, I thought Mike Pettin did what he had to do this week.
0: Yeah, but it's nothing we haven't seen before from him. You know, like I said, I'm not going to get excited over this over this defensive performance. No, nothing. Let's I hope mean, we can do the same this thing and excited this week. about.
1: Yeah, okay, definitely. But this isn't a game you go and get excited about for sure. Uh, you're, you're happy that you did the job. Maybe on offense, you get a little more excited because we're missing pieces. They're missing some pieces, but their defense is definitely not as depleted as their offense. Yeah. On offense, you feel good on defense. You're like, okay, now let's see this next week and the week after that. And then we'll start to get excited and feel good about this team's chances. Uh, and I still feel good about us as a, as a team overall. Uh, but I want to see more, like you said, and I think we've got a good chance To kinda and even this next game might not show us much because their offense, they're playing with a I don't know if he was a seventh round pick, a sixth round pick, undrafted kid, but Jake Lutton is the quarterback that we're facing this week, and that's another guy that we should take advantage and dominate on defense. But even after that, can we do it against uh, you know, Tom Brady? Not that he's an amazing quarterback anymore, but can we do it against (laughs) Russell Wilson? Can we do it against Patrick Mahomes, we need to be able to show that we can stop a good quarterback, and it starts with the pressure up front with Z and P, uh, and then it obviously ends in the back end with Jair, who's you know he's capable, and Kevin King, who we haven't seen much of this year. I'm not
0: even I'm not even asking for us to shut down these guys. It's like we get embarrassed. We get embarrassed anytime we play a good quarterback. So it's you know it's you're never going to stop Russell Wilson. But you can slow him down. You can make him look a little shaky, and we never do that. Whenever we're playing a good quarterback or a good offense in general, it just we look like a bottom five defense in the league. So I'm asking for that not to show up, and a performance like this against a bad offense to show up in one of those big games on a big stage, which it never, never seems to do.
1: Well, I feel like... The first glimpse of that that we saw was in the Saints game. Um, I feel like Z, I feel like he kind of did that when he poked the ball out of Taysom Hill's hands uh, and was able to get that fumble recovery. That that was what we needed to see, and that felt like an important uh, moment for us, like in this season. And we're gonna look back on this Saints game and say, you know, because now they're six and two, we're six and two, Seattle is six and two. If we finish twelve and four and they finish twelve and four, and Seattle is eleven and five or twelve and four, you know we have the advantage over the Saints. We do. We beat them, and that's going to come down and, and be an important game that we went out and got a victory. Uh, and I'm excited for that because it's going to give us a chance to not have to play a team like the Cardinals or the Rams. Uh, you know, in, in in a wild card round, that's a that's a tough matchup. Both of those are sneaky tough matchups. And it'll give Green Bay a chance to get the rest of the playoffs through Lambeau, get an NFC Championship game at Lambeau, uh, finally. And that'll give us the best chance in the world to go get a Super Bowl. And and obviously, we'll have a shot to be the world champions once again.
0: Yeah, that week three game at the time, it felt like, all right, well, the Saints team surely isn't what we thought it was going into the season. But now at this point, it it looks like a pretty good win, seeing what they did to the Bucs. 38-3 Thirty eight to three win over the Buccaneers. That's uh that looks like a, they looked really, really strong on Sunday night. And knowing how we played them in New Orleans nonetheless, uh certainly gets your hopes up. I think that I think the Saints have improved. I think Drew Brees has improved since uh how he was playing early on in the season, but still that's a good win to have, an important win to have when we're both six and two in a very tight NFC playoff race.
1: Absolutely. It is, and it's gonna come down that way. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be one of the more important victories for us as the season progresses for seeding purposes. Um, we'll have to see if the St- if the saints can, can, sustain the level of play that we sh- we saw from them against the Buccaneers, their schedule is, is pretty light. Um, uh, but we actually have, uh, you know, the second or third easiest schedule, um, for the rest of the way, our toughest matchup is probably with the Titans later on in the year. Uh, but we do play the Bears twice, and we don't know what their offense – their offense is actually atrocious, but we don't know, you know, their defense is good. Um, still have to play the Lions again. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, but, you know, our, our, and we play the Jaguars. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like we've got a good shot to even go 13-3 and three again, uh, if not even higher. If we can play at the level we should be playing – Uh, obviously that Titans matchup is going to be tough. There's some other games that we'll have to worry about a little bit, but I feel good about where we're at, and I feel good about where we're going to end up at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, looking down the line, I said it for the NFL, there's really no great elite team. But in the NFC especially, it's the Seahawks, horrible defense, Russell turns the ball over a lot. Uh, Then you got Green Bay who, you know, Poop their pants against Tampa Bay and Minnesota. So you don't know what you're getting from them. Uh, who else is there? The Saints, who noodle arm Drew Brees looked like a bad quarterback early on in the season. Uh, who else is up there? Tampa Bay, who's looked shaky at a lot of times this season. Uh, you ne- you never know in the NFC at this point. So uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tight race. But if I had to pick a most complete team, it's probably Green Bay, even even though our defense is bad. I still think we're the most complete team. I mean, on paper, it's probably Tampa, but it's like too many times this season we've seen Tampa just not look right. And then you throw Antonio Brown in there and it, it looks even worse. So I think Green Bay looks the strongest at this point.
1: If the Saints can play like they did on on Sunday night, I feel like they're also in that conversation uh, just because of what we know their defense could be. Uh, and we just have to see what Drew Brees is able to do the rest of the way too. So there's probably a little more question marks over there uh, than in Green Bay where you know Aaron Rodgers is going to be elite. Obviously, we've got Adams and Jones, and our offensive line is the best pass-protecting line in the NFL. Uh, I do want to talk about that line because they've just been absolutely fantastic. Uh, I'm going to mention everybody, starting with Bill Turner. His ability to play left tackle has been extraordinary. Uh, He's just been lights out. And nobody would have told you, nobody, if somebody told me that Bill Turner was going to play lights out at left tackle at any point this season, I would have been shocked. And he's doing it. And he's been able to play right tackle as well. And last year he played guard. If that doesn't tell you anything about his versatility, then, you know, I'm just really excited with the way he's playing. Rick Wagner, he's been good for us. He's played right tackle in in moments uh, and we're paying him to do so. But I feel good. You know, I do. And I feel like he's a guy that if we bring him in, we're not going to see much of a drop-off. Elton Jenkins, he played three different positions at different points in the last few weeks. Uh, I'm excited about him. Obviously, he's one of the greatest young players in this league right now. Uh, Corey Lindsley has been perfect. He's, he's been absolutely perfect. He's maybe the best center in football. Uh, and he, like I said, he's just been great as well. Uh, and you just go down the line. I could name everybody. And they're just playing at an elite level for us. Uh, and that o line is just it's it's been a huge reason as to why we've had so much success on offense this year.
0: absolutely, it really has been and Bill Turner and uh Lucas Patrick are two guys who really stand out as. You know, Bill Turner was probably our worst player on the line last year, and your offenses, your offensive line is only as good as your worst player. And so, seeing the jump he's made from 2019 to 2020 has been astronomical. And then, Lucas Patrick coming in at right guard has looked really, really solid. He hasn't, he hasn't been a glaring hole at the right guard spot, which is a position that we've seen in Green Bay in years past it that can wreck a game plan that can ruin Aaron Rodgers day if that position isn't holding up so the two of them coming in and just solidifying the right side of the line you know we get Baktiari back hopefully it it really is we we lead the we lead the league in ESPN's run block run win rate and their pass block win rate they've been great this season
1: and they really have and and they just been maybe the largest reason uh that we've had the total success that we've had uh, Rogers can't do it without those guys blocking up for him. And, uh, as we saw against Tampa Bay, when he was getting pressured, it was a whole different ball game. Uh, we need, we need to play that way, uh, at an elite level on the offensive line. So Aaron Rodgers can do what he does best. And that's sling it from, you know, inside the pocket. And obviously if he gets outside the pocket, he does his thing too. But, uh, Rogers is best when he's throwing in rhythm And, you know, hitting guys deep from inside the pocket. And he looks fantastic this year. And a lot of it is because he's, uh, you know, really almost every game he's clean at the end of it. Uh, No grass stains on his shirt. Uh, No grass stains on his jersey. And and that's that's why I really give the offensive line a lot of credit.
0: Yeah, we've seen Aaron's, one of his biggest flaws is, uh, feeling phantom pressure when he's uncomfy in the pocket. He maybe drops too far back, rolls out when there's no pressure. And when he has complete confidence in his line, like he does this year, for good reason, uh, he's he's as sharp as ever, and we're seeing it.
1: All right. With that, let's kind of get into this Jacksonville game a little bit. Uh, obviously, you mentioned it. Jake Lutton will be starting at quarterback uh, for the injured Gardner Minshew. Uh, he looked pretty decent last week, uh, threw, threw for over 300 yards, touchdown, and interception. Uh, the one touchdown was a, was a deep ball, uh, to G- DJ shark. He's a guy you got to worry about DJ shark. Uh, he's a good, good receiver for them. Uh, and they've got a good running game as well with the undrafted free agent, James Robinson, who has played really well for them. Uh, so they've got some good offensive weapons. Keelan Cole is another guy, uh, that they've got. They lost, uh, DD D. Westbrook to injury for the year, but, uh, you know, they're not bad on offense. They, with the quarterback, we'll have to see how he plays, but this is a game where we're going to have to take advantage and, and get pressure on him, make him get nervous. He's a young guy, obviously. Uh, so we're going to have to get pressure, h- get hits on the quarterback, and then obviously the rest will take care of itself. So Griff, tell me about your thoughts on this game, what we need to do to win.
0: Yeah, well, I talk about our defense looking like a bottom five defense a lot. Houston. It might be a bottom two defense their defense is horrible and so Jake Lutton coming out slinging it against them isn't all too shocking but he he did play very well a lot high uh, he had a lot uh higher performance than people were expecting and he damn near almost won the game so you know can't downplay that but i I'd like to think that our defense will be ready for that I don't know about Jair being back in uh, he's still in concussion protocol right
1: yeah I'd have to say it's probably not too likely that he plays. Maybe we'll get Kevin back. I hope so. But I don't think I... If I had to guess, I would say Jayer probably doesn't play. Although, it's been 10 days. We'll have to see. I mean, he's still in the protocol. Uh, and it's, you know... We still have a few days here until we'd have to see him get out of there in order for him to play. You'd like to see him maybe practice once. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think he plays. Kevin probably has a better chance than Jair does because he's been out for a few weeks now, and you know we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I mean we could be facing a, a depleted or we could be facing a, a decent wide receiver core with some depleted cornerbacks on our defense, and that could be a problem.
0: Yeah, if that's the case, it's going to come down to Mike Petton, you know, putting the defense on his back and making sure a Jake Luton rookie quarterback doesn't beat us. You know, simulating pressure, uh, getting to him, making him see ghosts, you know, post snap motion on the defensive side. A lot of that is going to come down to Mike Penton. You know, he we've seen him take advantage of these bad quarterbacks before, uh, i.e. Nick Mullins last week. But we're, we're really going to need to see that because he did play well last week and they do have a lot of good receivers and they should be getting a uh, LaVisca Shenault back, correct?
1: Yeah, he's another guy. He's he's been good for them too, and and he uh he brings a lot to the table. Obviously, able to uh, we saw him in college run the wildcat. He's able to run the ball, uh, and he can get downfield as well. So he's a weapon they like too. But you know, he did leave the game uh, uh last week, and I'm not sure if he'll play. But he, uh, I would I would assume he does. Uh, and if he does, that's another guy that could give the Packers issues.
0: Yeah. So for the defense, it's going to be. Really, we're going to need Mike Penton to have a strong performance and make sure that we don't get embarrassed by this Jaguars' offense. But for our offense, it should be another great performance. Correct? I mean, we we're saying the same thing against Minnesota, and we saw what happened there. But I don't think they have the the pieces to do what a Mike Zimmer did against us.
1: I don't think they have the coaching either. I, like I said, like I mean, like you said, Mike Zimmer's a different coach than uh, than Doug Marone. Uh, yeah. so I, I mean, the personnel's not there, uh, but they don't even have, I mean, their best player is miles Jack. Uh, but, and he's that linebacker in the, in the middle. Uh, but I still, I don't think they have a guy like Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith and other guys that Rogers has to really account for. Like, like he does against the Vikings. Uh, so, and even Anthony Harris too, he's obviously become a good player in this league. Uh, I just don't think they have those type of players, uh, not only in in that safety group or in the linebacker group besides Miles Jack, but in that corner room. I just don't think they have that talent there. Uh, So I I feel better about this game than I did against Minnesota, and I felt good about Minnesota going in. And obviously we lost in a close close game there. But, uh, yeah, I I do feel confident in in the offense uh, heading into this game.
0: Yeah, it should be another great performance for Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers should have a good game. Uh, Alan Lazard coming back into the fold, easing him back into it. Should get him a good amount of snaps, assuming he plays, according to your source. But uh, yeah, I have high expectations for this offense, as I should against a one-win team that is Jacksonville.
1: All right, Griff, give me your X-factor for this game and and tell me who you think is going to win.
0: Yeah, my X-factor for this game is going to probably be Devonte adams i think he's going to have a really really strong game against a very bad defense and uh i'm hoping we can put up 40 again we haven't seen that since week two against the lions uh yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping it's a really strong game from this offense more of what we've seen this season
1: griff my x factor is going to be alan lazard assuming he plays assuming my source is right on this one like he was on the timeline of the injury um you know he told me four to six weeks and and that's obviously the case uh, we're going to see him back in that time span. So I think it's going to be Alan Lazard. If, if he's able to go and he's going to, I think he's going to have an impact for sure. Uh, we saw him leave after the Saints game in which he dominated. I mean, he was just, he did so many good things for us without Devontae Adams on the field. Uh, I, I think this is a game where he could obviously have success. And there's a little known fact about him that could come creeping into play in this game is the fact that he was on the Jaguars practice squad um, and then cut from that practice squad in which Alan Lazard then signed with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, So there's some revenge history here that we could be talking about. Uh, But, you know, I do think uh, seriously that he could have an impact in this game and obviously helping Devontae Adams out, MVS out, and obviously Aaron Rodgers as well. So I'm looking forward to it. And my score prediction... I'm going to say 37 to 16. Book it down.
0: (laughs) Alan Lazard revenge game. (laughs) Not a lot of people are talking about that. No, they're not. Yeah. All right. And with that, uh, we're going to try something here. Uh, In honor of the late, the great Alex Trebek, legend, icon, American hero, we're going to do some Packers Jeopardy. We're going to try some some of that out. How does that sound, bro?
1: Yeah, it sounds good. I mean, Aaron Rodgers obviously went on Celebrity Jeopardy. Um, he smoked Kevin O'Leary and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, it, an astronaut. I forget his name. Yeah, what was his Mark, name?
0: Something Mark Kelly, something. right? Mark, Mark Kelly? Mark Kelly,
1: Mark Kelly was his name. Uh, he beat he an absolutely astronaut on smoked him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, he Kevin O'Leary was left in the negatives at the end of the show and <laughs> was able to win 50, and he was able to win $50,000 for his charity that he always fights for the Mac fund. Uh, and yeah, it was a great, uh, great performance by him. So we're going to kind of do something similar here, obviously not to the uh, grand stage of actual jeopardy, but it's going to be some Packers jeopardy. So Griff, why don't you start us off with uh, some questions?
0: Yeah, and obviously, we have no buzzers. We're doing this via the internet. So it's just, we're going to do it turn-based style. You go, I go. Uh, This could be fun or this could not be fun. And if it's not fun, you won't be listening to it. So uh, hooray, this is fun. We're going to start this out, okay? I'm going to play the role of Alex Trebek. You're going to play the role of Jeopardy legend Aaron Rodgers, I suppose, to open it off. Uh, Our categories here, Lombardi legend, the founder, Packers comeback, Lambeau field, and the cheese heads. <laughs> they, go they go from 100 to 500. They uh, go from 100 to 500. Braun, you can start us off here. <laughs> oh my God. This isn't Final Jeopardy, Bron.
1: Not this good. spot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what are we starting with? Give me the cheese heads for 200.
0: Cheeseheads for two hundred. I like that choice. Okay. How did the team get its name?
1: What is the Acme Packing Company?
0: <laughs> what is Meat Packing Company? I I suppose I'll give you the the point for that. I, gave I got the name, so I better get you, the point. You did. Yeah, yeah. I I got this. <laughs> I got this on the internet. It's one of two available, and the other one only has three categories. So I chose this one. Uh, the questions seem like. They're not even clues. They're, they're just questions, which is not Jeopardy, but we're going to roll with it. All right, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go with uh, Packers' comeback for 200. The year Packers hired coach Mike Holmgren. Ooh. Oh, boy. What would that be? Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with uh, – <laughs> I did. I'm going to go with 1994. What is 1994? Oh, damn it. Whoa. What is 1992?
1: Oh, almost. oh, that was close! I thought that's You're when not they, a real Packers th- fan. Obviously, I'm not
0: a real Packers fan. I was not alive in 1992. All right,
1: prawn. All right, I'll take Lambo for 200.
0: All right, this is easy. You're getting the easy ones. What year did the Packers first
1: start? Uh What is 1919? That is correct. Good job there. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Good job.
0: Good job. Okay, I'm gonna go I'm, with uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with Lombardi legend. Fan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Lombardi Legend for 100. Lombardi's they they felt they spelt Lombardi wrong. Lombardi's plan before devoting his life to football, I think he was going to be a pastor. What is being a pastor? Uh, what is a priest? I'm gonna give myself that one. Okay. I'm giving know. myself no, I'm that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <good>. <laughs> what is uh what is your next category?
1: Uh, I'll take Lambo for 300.
0: Lambo for 300. The year Lambeau Field got its name.
1: Huh. You know what we should have done? We should have done. We should keep going after we get them right.
0: That's oh, you're right. Yeah, we're gonna start doing that. Okay. So just answer,
1: what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. The question. This question is: The year Lambeau Field got its name.
1: Oh, that's okay. It's not. That's a toughie. Nineteen. That's not, not easy. i I'm gonna go. It's not I don't, I'm gonna go with what is nineteen
0: fifty five. Oh what is nineteen sixty
1: five? Oh Close. wow. So okay. That's odd. All right. Yeah.
0: All right. I'm gonna go with Packers comeback for one hundred. The Packers starting quarterback in the nineteen ninety two through two thousand seven season. Who is Brett Favre? That is correct. Go. Oh, I'm so good all right and, what was uh, that one worth 100 okay yeah okay i'm i'm now new rules i'm gonna to continue to answer questions here uh, i'm gonna go with lambeau field for 100 <laughs> the home of the packers what is lambeau field oh i'm a, i'm literally dumb i am very dumb oh man
1: uh can i steal you yeah, can steal no, I can't steal. Um, no, yeah, what is Green I, Bay? What is yeah, Green it is, Bay?
0: It is what is water, Green Bay? That is the answer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my wow!
0: God. No, I took Blew the category there. is called Lambeau Field. I that's
1: probably why that wasn't the answer. I, yeah,
0: then. probably. Yeah. All right. What's what's your what's your next <laughs> one?
1: Uh, I'll take. Give me the founder for one hundred. All right. College Curly Lambeau went to. Oh my goodness! I have no. Idea. <laughs> oh.
0: I feel like I know this one.
1: Uh, I'm gonna assume it's in. Oh God, I don't know. Uh, what is uh UW Green Bay?
0: I, I okay. I don't know the answer yet. I feel like it's Saint Norbert. You think that oh, would be it?
1: That could be it. But All right, your 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 your
0: answer long. is UWGB, which I'm sure is not correct. Uh, no. What is Notre Dame? Oh. Yeah, okay. I feel like I feel like a lot of listeners are going to know that and man, yeah, whatever. All right, my my next one here is going to be uh uh Packers comeback for 300. The reason Sterling Sharp ended his career in the NFL. Ah, I'm not very wise in the Sterling Sharp trivia. I have to admit. I don't know. Do you know? Yep. <laughs> what is it?
1: You don't know it? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, he had an injury, career-ending injury.
0: Oh yeah, I guess it didn't. Yeah, he did have a neck injury, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. What is a neck injury? Oh wow, that's embarrassing. I should have known that.
1: Yeah, that is embarrassing. Uh, that's embarrassing. Fact that I got. I, I did college, know that. The fact that I got for a one hundred dollar question, what college? Well, dude, does... that, was fir-
0: that was the first. That was the first tough question. That was the first question of that category that we answered. We're avoiding know, Curly that Lambeau. Was tough. Yeah, I don't know much about Curly.
1: I don't know what I mean. I know. All right, I've seen things about. Let's him. get this going.
0: We we don't got all night here.
1: I'll take Packers comeback for four hundred.
0: The first year Holmgren led the Packers to a winning season. Hmm.
1: What is nineteen ninety four?
0: What is nineteen ninety six? Wow, their first winning season was the year they won the Super Bowl. How about that? All right, I'm gonna go with the Cheeseheads for 300. What year did franchise join the NFL? Uh, What is 1921? That is correct. Easy. Yeah, I take the lead here. 500 to 400. So I'm gonna go with the Cheeseheads for 100. Creators of the Green Bay Packers: (sighs) Curly Lambeau and George Calhoun. Who are Curly Lambeau and George Calhoun? All right, who is Earl Lambeau and George Calhoun? That's, you know, Curly's a nickname. All right, yep. I'm, I'm at 600, you're at 400. I'm going to go with Cheeseheads for 400. The year the Packers led the NFL with a 12-0-1 record. Ooh.
1: Ooh. <laughs> That's a hard one. <laughs>
0: That's the, 12-0-1. <laughs> Has that ever happened? <laughs> you know that any wasn't many times recently. <laughs> yeah. That one was probably a uh, three to three game. I'm gonna go yeah. with I don't know 1947. <laughs> what is 1929? Okay,
1: oh, all right, go ahead, Bron. Oh God, okay. Uh, I'll take Lam. Uh, God, I'll take I'll take the founder for 200.
0: Founder for 200. The two roles did Lambo play in the franchise? I know this one.
1: Wait, say that again.
0: The two roles Lambo played in the franchise.
1: Uh, What is player and coach?
0: Yeah, more specifically, I think it's safety and coach, wasn't it? Oh, no. What is head coach and running back? So
1: I'll give you that one. Okay. I'll give you that one. I didn't know that they were asking for a position. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll take founder for 300.
0: All right, we're tied at 600, by the way. Curly, what the hell? Curly Lambeau's real name.
1: Uh, Earl Lambeau. Wow. All right. Uh, yes, that's I wish, correct. That would have that would have probably been a better one hundred point question, but I'll take it. Yeah,
0: well, considering we, I, I just answered that or I just gave you that answer. Well, it's not um, like I didn't know that already. Okay, next one. I'll do cheese says for five hundred. The year the Packers went five seven and one.
1: <laughs> um. What is
0: 1934? Mm, what is 1933?
1: Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, All right. my goodness. <laughs>
0: All right, I'm going to go with Packers comeback for 500. The year Coach Holmgren left the Packers to become a general manager of the Seahawks. Oh, God. Good Lord. Uh, What is 1999? Oh, what is
1: 1998? Good.
0: Oh. oh, wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Two questions in a row. We were one off. All right. You have a 900 to 600 lead, by the way. What's your next? Okay. Uh, what's your next how one? Many,
1: what, what's left? Tell me what's left on the board.
0: We got Lombardi Legend, 200, 300, 400, 500. The Founder, 400, 500. And Lambeau Field, 400, 500.
1: Okay. I'll take Lombardi Legend for 200.
0: The first year Lombardi took the Packers to the NFL Championship.
1: What is nineteen fifty-four? What is nineteen sixty?
0: Whoa. Okay. All right, I'll take uh I'll take Lombardi for three hundred. The team Lombardi led the Packers to defeat twice in the championships back to back. I don't know who made this. Very weird wording on this, but uh I'm gonna go with uh the New York Giants, I think. That who what is the New York Giants? I was right. Well a good one. Tied at nine hundred now. I'm gonna go Lambeau Field for four hundred. The nickname Packers fans gave the community after winning eight championships. What is Titletown? What is Titletown? That is correct. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, Lambeau for five hundred. Five hundred. The team the Packers played in the Ice Bowl. Who were the Dallas Cowboys? That well, is correct. That was a tough question. Yeah, real real tough one there. Hey. It's been on the board all game, buddy. I'm going to go with the <laughs> Lombardi. I'm going to go with Lombardi for 400. The score of the championship game against the Giants in 1961. How the hell am I supposed to know this? I don't know. Uh, 1961, like 13 to 6. 37 to nothing. Wow.
1: <laughs> you were close on that one. <laughs> I was close on that one. <laughs> that had to be uh... like the,
0: all right. What are you going with, Bron? Okay, what is the score? Griffin, 1,800. Braun, 900.
1: Wow, I need all these, basically. Yeah, no, I need almost. four and five. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, wait, what was the... Uh, give me the one category that has 500. What Lombardi. Is give me Lombardi for 500.
0: The team the Packers lost to in the championship in
1: 1960. Oh, Wow. Yeah, who are the Cardinals?
0: <clears throat> who are the Philadelphia Eagles? Ooh, that's a tough one. Wow. That's All right, a tough so the, question. The, the, the score is eighteen hundred to nine hundred. You need me to get this wrong. All we have is the founder for four and four and five hundred. So I'm going to go with the founder for four hundred. If I get this right, game over. How long did Curly Lambeau coach the Packers? Ah, you got lucky. Hmm. Gonna say, twenty-one years. What is thirty-one
1: years? Okay. Uh,
0: you lost, but you want to answer this wait, one just wait. for the fun. of Is there of it? a
1: final Jeopardy? Is there a final Jeopardy?
0: I don't know. Let's. Well, I guess we'll see after this question. Okay. So the founder for five hundred. Curly Lambo's height and weight. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay. Uh. Wow. I have to get it exact. <laughs> uh. I'll say. Uh. What is five foot. Uh nope.
0: <laughs> they were shorter back
1: then. Don't forget. Yeah. Uh. What is five foot eleven and two hundred and fifty one pounds? This that fat.
0: What is five foot ten and one hundred ninety pounds? Wow. Yeah, five. You were one inch off. Wow. Is there any final Jeopardy? There's no one final Jeopardy. Off,
1: one inch off <laughs> and sixty pounds
0: off final score 1800 to 900
1: i win uh, well the score can be the scoreboard can be deceiving folks i'll tell you <laughs> it was a lot closer than you think but
0: i i think we i think we both did okay i think we yeah, should have done think, better
1: no i mean maybe you know maybe if i knew curly lambo's weight but well this feels like
0: it was made in like 2005
1: yeah, his height and weight might know. have changed over time. Yeah. Well
0: <laughs> Well I I guess <laughs> I guess that's gonna do it for the bot, huh? We'd like to thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. It means a lot. We'll be back next week, Thursday morning, as per usual, to talk about the next week's game. This week's game against the Jaguars, we'll be reviewing it. Uh, For me, Braun, make sure to follow us on Instagram. Uh, I'm at All Day Packers. He's at Lambo Leapers, and we'll see you here next week. Go Pack, go!
1: Thanks, everybody.